you survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the Urban Shooter Podcast. This is episode number 310, Nothing New. I'm your host, Ken Blanchard, and this week, we're going to ease into the episode. Barbara Barrett from womensoutdoornews.com is going to talk about our crazy Uncle Joe Biden. I got a movie review for you. I'm here to remind you about iGold in Illinois. To remind you to practice dry firing even in this crazy winter weather. I'm going to share some links and some stuff I'm involved in. I got a joke I want to share with you. I want to give some props and some shout outs to people that are making a difference that you gave me. And humanevents.com columnist Raquel is going to come on as our guest of the week. She's got two points she wants to talk to us about. And then we're going to rock on away from here. How about that? But like I said, we're going to ease on into it because I'm a little tired. I'm hustling to make something happening for the Blanchard Media Group before losing half our income becomes an issue. I am a little sad about it. The government's cutting jobs in this area and a lot of people I know are out. But hey, a change is going to come. I was born by the river in a little tent. It's been a long, 
Monsters.com presents the Urban Shooter Podcast, the weekly pro-gun variety show featuring the internationally known black man with a gun, your friend and brother from a different mother, Ken Blanchard. Song by the late, great Sam Cooke died December 11th, 1964, I believe, and the song was released after his death. Ain't that some? Solomon said in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 9, The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun. He was a poet, and he didn't know it. If you want to see the show notes for episode number 310, go to KenBlancher.com. That's Ken with two N's. And if you don't remember that, BlackManWithAGun.com will get you there just as fast. After John Wayne leads us in the Pledge of Allegiance, we're going to get right on with episode number 310. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Hey, groovy people, if you're in Illinois, I invite you to join the iGold, that's the Illinois Gun Owners Lobby Day, Wednesday, March 6, 2013, in Springfield. This is an annual event where everyone goes to lobby the representatives in the Illinois House and Senate. The ISRA is partnering with local and internet organizations in Illinois to increase attendance and make a bigger and better impression in Springfield. They need you there. Meet at the Prairie Capital Convention Center at 10 o'clock, with the program set to begin at 1145. There'll be a legislative briefing, and then they'll march to the Capitol building and locate and talk with your representatives. Please join them Illinois Gun Owner Lobby Day, and you won't regret it. Back in the early days, back when I was first starting to become a firearms instructor, everybody who has some skill back in the day had been taught by this guy named Jeff Cooper, the colonel, and they talked about him like he was Moses. And he taught this thing about color codes, and he said that most people kind of stumble through life blissfully unaware of the world around them, and, uh, it's these codes, there's like condition white, condition yellow, condition orange, condition red, that you have to be in to be in a state of alertness. I believe that the reason the legislations and the governor and the president on the sly is being successful in ramrodding gun control down our throats is that politically we were in condition white. Yeah, we are generally... Pearl Harbor kind of people. We react. We're not real proactive. Nobody wants to throw money at politicians. Nobody wants to do anything to actually until it happens. Well, this time, they got Bloomberg's money and the president's authority. And I think because the dude was like a Harvard Law Review uh, master, knows about civil rights, that he's like the power of the second. I remember... First time I heard about the power of the second was when I saw a lady 
real small lady. She must have been like four foot eight. She had a husband, six five, three hundred pounds. She made him do everything. Yeah, the power was not in the might; it was in the brain. Power to second. I think the president is using the governors, the mayors, and the states to do all the dirty work. And somehow, we slept on that one. We were in condition white, unaware, oblivious, and they're throwing everything up on a wall to see what sticks. And the mantra is, we have to do something. And we're, we have to like catch up and then take the lessons of evils so that it can get something and go away. It's a win-win for them. But I want to salute you who are right now stepping up to the mic, who are going and testifying, who are taking off days from work, who are taking time away from family, taking vacation time to go to your state houses to represent. I ask on my Facebook page on Black Man With A Gun 1 or Ken Blanchard or the Urban Shooter Podcast fan page, who is making a difference? Sticks and Stones Survival says he hopes he is. He's making calls, going to rallies, writing letters, and trying to wake people up. Outstanding. Frank J. Plummer here in Maryland says he's trying to make a difference himself in Annapolis and with discussions with his neighbors and his friends. Allison said that her husband and her best friend from college She's doing the best she can, and she's a mom with two little ones, and she's going to write letters, and she has written them, and she appreciates me, which I'll go ahead, sis. Marshall says, for him, it's Todd Vandermeid, I think it is, and the Seventh Federal Court of Appeals. Mike Cavanaugh says he's heading to Albany, New York, and uh, I heard it was a good turnout. Rachel actually talks about it, or Raquel talks about it in a little bit. Alex says, Tom King, New York State Rifle and Pistol Association. My brothers Miguel and Derek in Florida say that uh, Florida Carry is making a difference. And that's just too cool. And of course, Marion Hammer is representing the old school. Evan says there's a bunch here in Oklahoma. And uh, they got Oklahoma 2A, which is making a difference. And State Representative Mike Ritz, who represents and co-sponsors bill each legislative session that protect our Second Amendment freedom. Too cool. Want to recognize Caitlin. She says she's doing it, and she's lending a hand to neighboring states. Where you go, sis. Melvin says he's writing his representatives and reaching out to his fellow Americans and educating them about guns. Andy says cow guns and Second Amendment Foundation from California. Jabari and Georgia Carey is doing it, along with black gun owners, Org. They're doing some good stuff. He says he also supports the GCO and the GPDO financially and ideologically. Ideally, ideologically? I think I didn't mess that up too bad. Jason says Gene Hoffman from Cal Guns. Sandy says Second Amendment Foundation, NRA, ILA, Illinois State Rifle Association, Illinois Carry. Representative Brandon Phelps, Representative Jill Tracy, Representative Aaron Schrock, Seventh Circuit Court, and hopefully me. That was Sandy saying that. And uh, they're hoping to get Shao Carey out of all this mess. 
And in Sticks and Stone Survival, says as far as state reps go, David Meeks has been a good sin for our state. South Carolina Senator Katrina Fry Sheely has sponsored a bill to allow concealed carry for teachers in a restaurant that serve alcohol. At her request, I am organizing and teaching free concealable weapons permit courses to South Carolina teachers and staff. And though nobody mentioned them, I'm going to give a shout out and recognition to Valerie Rowe, Don Moran, and Patrick Romo of Maryland Shout Issue. And the first two, Valerie and Don, are from Illinois. And I want to thank you because you probably were next to me down in Annapolis, knee-deep in people, and it was a good thing. So, to all of you patriots, thank you for your service. And I just want you to know that it's not over. The bad part is you got to maintain that crap. you got to fight one more round. All right, this show is sponsored by CrossbreedHolsters.com, my friends, TopGunReview.com, NovaArmament.com, my favorite gun shop in Northern Virginia. And I want to show some love to the HolsterSite.com and friends like you. One of the coolest grandmothers I know is coming up next. Hey, Barb. Hey, Urban Shooter. I am getting tired of saying, oh, for crying out loud. So I'm going to say, there you go, Joe, this week. If you didn't see the interview that Field and Stream editor Anthony Licata conducted recently with Vice President Joe Biden, you might want to read it. Just Google Field and Stream and Biden. It'll pop up. The interview is an eye-opener into the mind of this man who holds the second most powerful job in the world. Licata asked the Vice President about guns, and in particular, other uses than hunting, like for self-defense or target practice. And Biden answered, Well, the way in which we measure it is, I think most scholars would say, is that as long as you have a weapon sufficient to be able to provide your self-defense. I did one of those town hall meetings on the Internet, and one guy said, Well, what happens when the end days come? What happens when there's the earthquake? I live in California, and I have to protect myself. So I said, Well, you know, my shotgun will do better for you than your AR-15, because you want to keep someone away from your house. Just fire the shotgun through the door. Most people can handle a shotgun a hell of a lot better than they can a semi-automatic weapon in terms of both their aim and in terms of their ability to deter people coming. We can argue whether that's true or not, but it is no argument that, for example, a shotgun could do the same job of protecting you. End of quote. Just fire a shotgun through a door? Oh, for the love of identifying your target before you shoot, Mr. Vice President... There you go, Joe, shooting off your mouth and hitting your big fat foot again. We all know how dangerous this is, and hey, isn't there an Olympic runner named Pistorius in big trouble in South Africa for shooting through a door and killing his girlfriend? You know, it would be laughable if this were a sitcom featuring a bumbling old dude who had no idea about gun safety and who interpreted the Constitution in such a loosey-goosey fashion. Meanwhile, Always identify your target. Keep the guns pointed downrange away from harming others. Think about the results of your actions. You know the drill, Urban Shooter listeners. I'll be out there practicing this weekend at the range. How about you? And if you want to learn more about women who shoot and hunt, just check us out at womensoutdoornews.com. Thanks, Ken. Yeah, you're welcome, Barbara. 
hey, if you want to see a really cool movie that will, it's not bad as a date movie, but I saw it with my son. I call it a father and son kind of thing. It's called Snitch. Has rock in it. Dwayne Johnson. And I was expecting him to be pulling people out of the car and ripping off his shirt and all that crap he usually does. But this one, he actually was acting and got stuff beaten out of him a couple times in the movie. They could have used anybody for the position, but I guess they used his name for the, you know, for the marquee. It was a good movie. And it had some, some stuff to make you think about fathers and sons. That's all I'm saying. Check it out. Snitch. All right, next up, we're going to talk to Rachel. But before we get there, we're going to have a funk break. Thanks, Matt. Just digging the groove, man. Here we go. Move your head in your cubicle. Raquel Okiai, welcome to the Urban Shooter Podcast. Hi, Ken. Nice to be here. You write for human events, and you write some pretty strong stuff. How long have you been writing? I've been writing for human events for close to two years. Uh, I started off writing uh, my own blog back in 2005, talking about political corruption. Uh-huh. And it was just a personal blog, and it, it gained some traction uh, downstate New York, and then when I moved around the state, I started picking up a lot of uh, readers. Good stuff there, too. <laughs> RaquelOki.com. The Armed Mommy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about what's going on in New York. You, you made some really good uh, some really good posts recently about uh, what's happening with Como. Okay, well, let me tell uh, your listeners what went down. Uh, back, in, back in January, uh, Governor Cuomo set out to pass a law in New York that basically confiscates guns and makes gun ownership illegal. Uh, that's the bottom line. Uh, what he did was he produced a, a law uh, which was uh, passed without a three-day uh, time frame, which is the law in New York, unless it's an emergency. Uh, he claimed this bill to be an emergency. The state legislature did not have a chance to read it or look at it or there was absolutely no public input, uh, no expert testimony, no nothing. Uh, they just passed the law. It was four men in a room uh, behind closed doors uh, close to midnight. Um, and it was the uh, Assembly Speaker, Shelley Silver, uh, Ron Klein from the Bronx, who's a Democrat, and uh, the Senate leader, who's a Republican, Dean Skelos, and Governor Cuomo. And the four of them, who, have nothing, who know nothing about the mechanics of guns, uh, decided that they were going to uh, change the, uh, the the magazine uh, limit uh, to seven as opposed to ten, which is federal law. And they also uh, decided that they were going to add some more, quote-unquote, assault weapons uh, ban, uh, adding to the ban that already exists in New York State. Uh, well, I'll tell you something, Ken. The people are outraged, outraged by this, and not just Republicans, Democrats. Uh, plenty of people all around the board. First of all, because, you know, this isn't an emergency. It's not an emergency because uh, that none of, nothing in the law uh, is effective until six months out. So when you think about an emergency, it means that something has to happen right away. 
uh, Governor Cuomo just used as as an excuse uh, to prevent any debate on the topic. Wow. And and he got a pass, uh, mainly from downstate um, officials who uh, don't really get uh, the upstate New York culture, which is which is rural. And it, and some parts of, of New York are really called gun country, dubbed gun country, because you have a lot of gun clubs and you have a lot of hunters. And, um, you know, I don't know if you're aware of this, but, you know, outside of downstate, uh, upstate New York's beautiful country, uh, beautiful mountains, and it really is, is a nice place uh, to live. And, uh, you know, they tend to be a lot less liberal and more conservative uh, once you exit uh, downstate New York City and, and the surrounding counties there. Yeah, it's a lot like Illinois, where everywhere except for the Chicago and New York City is a gun-friendly place. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Uh, so we had, we had uh, a big protest on the 12th, the February 12th. And I heard uh, from my human events sources that, and that, and that was a, a protest that was going on across the, the nation at various capitals. So in the capital of New York, Albany, um, I understand that New York had the most, um, had the biggest uh, rally uh, of people, estimated of about 5,000 people showed up. Yeah, uh, and I understand it was the largest across the country. Uh, so um, what, what happens after that is uh, a few things. Uh, the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association, uh, that's, that's one of the largest uh, gun rights organizations in the state. Uh, they started an action against the state of New York. Uh, they filed a claim uh, calling the uh, bill unconstitutional, which I believe it is. And I spoke to the attorneys in that case, and I also spoke to the president of New York State um, Rifle and Pistol Association, Tom King, uh, they will be rigorous. Uh, they will defend this. Um, they are, I mean, they will defend their case. Uh, they want to uh, get this law repealed as unconstitutional. They think we, we think we have the momentum behind, they think they have the momentum behind them. And the law is on, is on our side. We don't think this can hold, hold up in court. Uh, we, they also spoke about starting a federal lawsuit, which may come, come in the future as unconstitutional. But right now, uh, the attorney told me that uh, they are moving forward with the state claim um, against Governor and his bill. What's interesting, uh, Ken, is that this Thursday there's going to be a big rally. Uh, that's, that's February 28th. And um, I, I believe or I've seen posts on Facebook saying that even Obama's website is now calling for protesters or, or anti-protesters uh, uh to kind of like combat, um, you know, all of these gun rights people who are who plan to attend on Thursday. Uh, Tom King is running that event, and I understand a lot of politicians will be there to speak, and uh, you know, pro Second Amendment people groups are coming from all across the, the state uh, to voice their opinion on this matter. Um, so I think that the president is actually going out of his way uh, to bust people in to counter protest. Now, the New York Post reported today that. Uh, they are can't, that uh, you know the unions were also planning their own counter protest, but they they plan on canceling it uh, because they feel that you know it's it's not going to be safe. But you know what's not safe? What's not safe is that law, which is called the New York Safe Act. It's not safe at all because what it does, Ken, is it takes firearms away from from um, innocent people 
uh, who, are law, who are law-abiding. And, you know, the criminals, they get their guns illegally anyway because we, we have to realize or understand that, you know, criminals are criminals. Uh, they're not the ones abiding by the law. So what the law does is basically take guns out of the hands of law-abiding citizens and they won't be able to protect themselves if need be. Uh, but the criminals sure can. And the criminals can, can sure, you know, get their guns in the black market, which is, which is most of the time the case. Uh, they're not the ones going to the gun shows and buying guns that way. It's a very, very small percentage, like two, three uh, percent, that get their that criminals get their firearms at gun shows and the like. Uh, what they do is they get it in a black market, and um, so who protects them? You know, who I mean, who who's protecting them? Well, the safe the New York Safe Act is protecting them. Yeah, that's why it's called a criminal justice system. It protects the criminal. Hey, yeah. if somebody somebody wanted to find your stuff on human on human events. How do, you, how do you spell your name? It's R-A-Q-U-E-L, first name, and the last name is O-K-I, O-K-Y-A-Y. Uh-huh. If you go to the humanevents.com website mm-hmm. and you link to e-letters and you scroll down to Guns and Patriots, that's the section that I write for. And you can uh, put in your email address there. You can get uh, weekly um, updates on Tuesday mornings, uh, a whole slew of uh, writers um, submit to the Guns and Patriots uh, section. So, so we focus on uh, the gun culture in America, the Second Amendment, and um, just just uh, we do a lot of military stuff. Um, it's really great. Um, we have a we have an email list of about two hundred sixty thousand people across the nation. Nice, nice. It's really well liked, I believe. And you also have a. Uh, expose coming, talking about some corruption in Louisiana as well. Is that right? Yes, I do. Tell me a little bit yes, about I, that. It, the, the part two of my ongoing investigation um, is already up on human events. I'm going to continue to follow this topic. Uh, what what it's about is uh, we have a, a, par- a, a parish, which is you know in other places would be a county, but in Louisiana it's called a parish. It's called St. Tammany Parish in Louisiana, and we believe we have a very corrupt sheriff uh, running the show. Um, his name is Jack Strain, Rodney Jack Strain, and um, he's got some, we believe, or I have kind of, uh, I've been doing a bunch of interviews with attorneys and people involved in the in the county, and they're telling me that Jack Strain is, is, is trafficking guns, uh, that they're, they're taking uh, guns away from people in, in uh, usually illegal search and seizures, and they're selling these guns on a black market. Uh, so uh, the, how I found out about this case is, is through a federal lawsuit right now by a family, the Manson family, and what happened to them was they, they had their home searched. Uh, the, Norman was, was falsely accused of, of doing a, like an illegal bank uh, transfer, uh, which turned out to be somebody else, by the way, and the teller admitted uh, that the that the sheriff's office kind of, you know, pressured her uh, to point out uh, this person, Mr. Manton. Um, all, he, was, he was put in jail and, and basically in solitary confinement, uh, but he was eventually let out, no bail either. Um, he was eventually let out and there were no charges um, found on him. But in the meantime, they, they did have a warrant to search his home and they took a firearm. They took a firearm that belonged to his uh, then 18-year-old son. Now, uh, not only did they take the firearm, Ken, which is this is really bizarre, they took his religious items. 
they took his, his family Bible, rosary beads, um, uh, prayer cards. It was really bizarre. Why would you take someone's religious items? Um, and in any event, after this whole ordeal was over, uh, Mr. Manson and his wife, Sherry, went to, the, went to the sheriff's office. They had a meeting with the sheriff, and they said, all right, we want our stuff back. Um, now, the sheriff's office tells me that, the sheriff's attorney told me that, well, he's a convicted felon. He can't have the, he, you know, there was some question over him violating probation. Now, meanwhile, uh, what, what he was convicted of uh, prior to this incident uh, was a, a construction um, misapplication of funds. Now, I spoke to another attorney who told me that that charge uh, does not, uh, is not a reason uh, to take away your firearm because, you know, in, in the state of Louisiana, indeed the country, uh, while someone might be convicted of a felony, that doesn't mean that the felon, felony involves a restriction of your Second Amendment rights. There's only certain felonies. You know, we're talking about, you know, uh, charges that relate to uh, burglary or armed robbery or um, even spousal abuse. Uh, you can take a gun away. But when it comes to construction law, and in particular, this particular felony, I, I, I talked to an attorney who's, a, who's an, a specialist, who, who I read a, a prepared memo on it, um, basically he's not in violation. You know, he can have a firearm, okay, right. regardless of the fact of the, of the felony. Okay, so, um, you know, they, he makes that claim. He makes that claim uh, through his attorney with the sheriff's office. Five years go by. Five. It's going to be five years. Do you know what? The sheriff still has not given the guy his gun back. Wow. Or, where, his, or the religious items. Where, where's so that article on, in your on human events? Was it was it titled? Uh, this week it's um. Okay, this is a good title. <laughs> uh, it's Saint Tammany Gun Shakedown. Oh, good stuff. Gotta make sure I put a link to it on the show notes so oh. everybody can find you. Okay, great. And that's on Human Events, E-Letters, Guns and Patriots. You link there, you'll see the article. Um, and then if you click on my name, you can see my previous articles. I have another article on the same topic back in December. I'm going to be doing a series now because, as I was telling you earlier, uh, Ken, this story has a lot of legs. Uh, but for now, um, let me talk about this case. So I called the sheriff's attorney and I said, you know, where's the gun? <laughs> Do you have it? Are you going to give it back? And all of a sudden he claims, oh, we've always had the gun. They could have gotten it at any time. Now, meanwhile, they're defending two lawsuits that simply request the return of the gun and they still haven't gotten. So it's a little bit disingenuous for him to claim uh, they could have had it all along. You know, well, why are you defending two lawsuits then? Uh, so in any event, this was the first, and then this is the first time I heard this claim. He says we never took any religious materials, and we don't have any. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know that that's part of the the. I mean, the Mansons. You know, I mean, they're not. I don't. I don't see how they could be making this stuff up. You know, I mean, if if your religious materials were there before the cops got there, and then your religious materials were gone after they seized a bunch of things, well, I think the cops have them. And indeed, I spoke to Mr. Manson, uh, uh, Norman Manson, um, and I asked him. Uh, you know, the, the the sheriff's attorney is claiming they didn't take your religious materials, and he said that that's that's a lie. Uh, you know, that's exactly what he said. I mean, he he said he calls it a lie. In fact, he said that um, he spoke with the custodian at the at the sheriff's office, and he was told by them that the higher ups told them put it away, lock it up, uh, uh, don't give it to him. You know, so 
you know, there, there's some kind of game going on here. Now, what I got from some other people that I interviewed, uh, the information is that what they really are doing with the with the fine. Now, now I think that they they screwed up when they took the religious materials because now we have First Amendment, Second Amendment issues here, grounds here. Uh, they probably, you know, maybe they were trying to intimidate him. You know, I, I have no idea, but uh, they they made a big mistake and it it kind of opened up a can of worms. I found out that there are some claims from individuals saying that the sheriff's office, and this is coming from some ex-deputies, um, the sheriff's office is confiscating guns and selling them in a black market. And as you know, Ken, uh, that's a violation of the 1968 Gun Control Act. Uh, you cannot uh, sell firearms without without being a licensed dealer. Um, I think I think this is outrageous. So what we have now is an ATFE investigation going on. Um, I got confirmation from uh, one of the attorneys in the lawsuit, um, Richard Feldman, uh, that the investigation is indeed going on. Um, I did speak to ATFE, a representative there, who said that they got the request to start the investigation. I've left them, left them a couple of messages. I'm waiting for them to return my call just to get confirmation from them directly. Uh, but uh, I'm sure um, Richard Feldman knows what he's talking about, and uh, there is an investigation going on there um, alleging that uh, the, the sheriff is actually trafficking these firearms, um, illegally confiscating them and, and, and selling them in, you know, to his friends and stuff like that. And... Um, you know, it's really outrageous. This is the kind of stuff that what what happens is um, it's it's us, the people. We don't talk about it and put it out there in the news and expose uh, this type of corruption. It just never ends. Yeah, you got to save some of it for the for the readers, though. So that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> All right, good stuff, Raquel. Thank you so much for being on the show. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, Ken. All right, that's Raquel. Okiai, and she is a on what I want to say, on fire, a passionate writer for human events, guns and patriots. Again, thanks for Kel. Thank you, Ken. All right, back in 1992, I started a gun club called the Tenth Cavalry Gun Club for African Americans. I wanted to kind of make it like the NRA. Um, well, nowhere near as big, but I want to make sure it was a social organization that we could actually shoot and have a good stuff. But I wasn't ready for what came. I mean, I got like 100 people like really fast, and I had no organizational skills at the time, and I was freaking out. We grew pretty big, pretty fast, and then I like ran away. Had two chapters. One started in Baltimore. One was in D.C., and then we got one really big in New Jersey, and New Jersey took off, and it was doing really well. And then everybody else kind of imploded. I think we even had one in Chicago for a hot second. Now there's one, and it's doing really well. The people are organized. They do some good stuff. You can check it out. Maryland 10th Cavalry Gun Club, mdtcgc.org. Look for that, and you'll find them. They're located, and they shoot at the Associated Gun Clubs of Baltimore. Really organized. Really got their stuff together. They have a sister shoot every year. They have a couple of really good events. So if you don't know about it, go check it out. Also, I'm doing, I'm not doing bad. I got the American Gun Owner Show. I'm trying to start it on Kickstarter. I only asked for $2,000. Buy my backdrop, my software, my camera, 
to get me started. And I got plans for this grandiose web series. Um, some of it will be shot in my little home studio here. And then the rest of it will be on location. I'll chase people down the street. It's going to be a pretty fun show. But there'll be some shooting. There'll be some lifestyle stuff in there. I want to show the positive side of, of us, the gun owner side, with my, my normal funniness and just being me on camera. If you can spare it, a dollar, help me make it. Because see, Kickstarter is funky. If you don't fund the whole thing, it goes it's away. So it's like do or die. I got less than a couple of days left by the time you hear this. So go to KenBlanchard.com forward slash Kickstarter. Or look at the very top of BlackManWithAGun.com page. You'll see it. And you can find it on the Kickstarter too. The American Gun Owner Show. Help a brother out. This is going to help us all. I'm actually trying to get it on television. I've submitted it to a couple of people. I'm just waiting right now. But, you know, money is funny. and Folks are trying to look at you cockeyed. They don't know who you are. But I got big, hairy, audacious goals. Is that TMI? Also, if you are a writer and you want to start writing on a regular, I will give you your very own column on GunRightsMagazine.com. Yeah, my man Rick Hubbard has hit like three already. I'm about to give him his own section. You can too. Write about the gun issue. Be consistent. If you're not a good writer, need some editing, still send it to me. I got six people volunteered to be my editors. How cool is that? Send your article to blackmanwithagun at gmail.com and you will be a part of gunrightsmagazine.com. It's a magazine for us. You don't have to have your own blog. I've knocked that all out. Back when I had a job and had money, I put that thing up. So let's do it, folks, before I get broke. If you don't have a church, if you want a little extra Christian enthusiasm, motivation, inspiration, I got the unnamedchurch.org. Trying to do two episodes every week, Bible study and a short message. To get you through the week. Unnamedchurch.org. Also got a Facebook page for it. And if you want a social media site that's quiet and safe and won't go down anytime soon, check out freedomsnetwork.org. You can post your blog stuff there. You can post pictures. It's just like Facebook without the ads. About 300 people. 300 people just like you and I. If you want to Blow that thing up. You can make your own. Like, say you have a blog and you want to have a forum. You can create your own forum on that for your site. I'm sharing it. It's a community. All you got to do is say, Ken, help me put my blog RSS feed up there so that everything, I post one place and everything goes there. My forums are there. My pictures are there. All you got to do is call a brother and Freedoms Network will work for you. But it's not Facebook. Got to tell you that right now. It's a community. You got to grow your own stuff. Like, got to roll your own, got to grow your own. But if you want a safe spot, that's the place. Several men are in the locker room of a golf club. A cellular phone on a bench rings and a man engages the hands-free speaker function and begins to talk. Everyone else in the room stops to listen. Hello? Hi, honey, it's me. Are you at the club? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm at the shops now and found this beautiful leather coat. It's only $2,000. Is it okay if I buy it? The guy goes, sure. Go ahead if you like it that much. 
I also stopped by the Lexus dealership and saw the new models. I saw one I really liked. How much? $90,000. Okay, but for that price, I wanted with all the options. Great. Oh, and one more thing. I was just talking to Janie and found out that house that I wanted last year is back on the market. They're asking $980,000 for it. Well, then go ahead and make an offer for $900,000. They'll probably take it. If not, we can go the extra $80,000 if it's that's what you want. Okay. I'll see you later. I love you so much. Bye. I love you too. The man hangs up. The other men in the locker room are staring at him in astonishment with their mouths wide open. He turns and asks, Anybody know whose phone that is? All right, right now, there are a lot of gun control stuff going down in almost every state and places that you didn't think would happen. But nothing's new. Everything they're using is old school stuff. Find out about your history. Learn about it so that you can tell people. And then you're going to have to pace yourself. You want to be in this fight for a while. Don't burn out. I'm just saying. Don't forget the dry fire either. We got the weather. I mean, it's like blizzard conditions in some parts of the country. Don't neglect dry firing. Take advantage of being stuck inside. Get a safe area. Clear your weapon. Put in your snap caps. And dry fire like there's no tomorrow. So when the sun finally comes back out and the snow melts, you'll be on it and smoking hot like buttered popcorn. The Serpent and the Man The child of a villager, while at play in the field, at the back of his father's house, by chance, trod upon a snake, which turned around and bit him. The child died of the bite, and the father, pursuing the snake, aimed a blow at him and cut off a piece of his tail. The snake gained his hole, and the next day the man came and laid at the mouth of the hole some honey, meal, and salt, and made offers of peace, thinking to entice the snake forth and kill him. It won't do, hissed out the snake, as long as I miss my tail, and you your child, there can be no goodwill between us. Moral of the story, a false truce is worse than battle. Thanks for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the show. If you need me, call 888-675-0202 and you can leave a voicemail message. Email me at blackmanwithagun at gmail.com. The show notes for episode can be found at blackmanwithagun.com and all my social media links. If you're new, please give a review on iTunes, a thumbs up on Stitcher Radio app, and if you like what you heard, please go tell somebody. If you're only trying to please God, you usually can roll steady with a lot more peace in your life. For those that pray, please pray for our country. Until next week, shalom, baby.
Yeah. 